You always made me aware of what I was doing wrong, how I was falling short. Life with you was joyless. What, so then you had to go and fuck someone you else? You shouldn't be upset that I fucked her. You should be upset that I had a laugh with her. Do you love her? No, but she didn't hate me. You hated me. You hated me. You fucked somebody we worked with. You stopped having sex with me in the last year. I never cheated on you. That was cheating on me. But there's so much I could have done. I was a director in my 20s who came from nothing and was suddenly on the cover of fucking Time Out New York. I was hot shit and I wanted to fuck everybody and I didn't. And I loved you and I didn't want to lose you. But I'm in my 20s and I didn't want to lose that too and I kind of did. And you wanted so much, so fast. I didn't even want to get married. Fuck it. There's so much I didn't do. <laughs> Thanks for that. You're welcome. I can't believe I could know you forever. Oh, you're fucking insane. And you're fucking winning. Do you regret what you said? Uh, no, Laura, I do not. And I said it again, actually, as I went in. I said, you're a liberal hack, buddy. As you know, I, I mean, these these CNN reporters, but many of them around the Capitol, uh, they are so biased. Uh, they are so in cahoots with the Democrats. They so can't stand the president. And they run around trying to chase, you know, Republicans and ask trapping questions. I'm a fighter pilot. You know, I called it like it is. Uh, and that's what we see out of the mainstream media. And especially CNN every single day. Uh, so obviously, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the truth. Three, two, one. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality, and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the substandard expanded universe. Welcome to the SSEU podcast, the second episode of 2020. Hun hindsight is really good today. Oh my I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I take that back. Uh, I am here, as usual, on Sorab Amari's favorite podcast to discuss pop culture, events in mine, Chris's and Ryan's life. And I don't know, I think we're going to start by talking about sports today. How about the Masters? Doing really well, right? <laughs> It's a good week for the Astros, yeah. See, I don't really, I don't understand the big deal, so... Oh, you don't? They, Are you trolling us? No, trolling like, us? really, is this a big deal? Why is it such a big deal? You uh, want to take this one, Ryan? Is, okay. Is it like... You remember when people made kind of a big deal about PEDs in baseball? I, you know, I have no... Is that, is that like, an STD? I have no idea what that is. You find it using your VDN. A-Rod. That, that's, that's a deep cut. That's so, like... A year ago, it, yeah. Is, is that yeah. what A-Rod got in trouble for? Yes. Okay, uh, okay, I'm on board. A lot of other people. N knowing what pitch is coming is is so much worse than Definitely. a player being on steroids. Professional baseball players, they can hit anything if they know it is coming. So the Astros and... Maybe the Red Sox. I don't know to what extent the, the Red Sox were doing it, but definitely the Astros had all kinds of uh, ways that they were stealing the signs and letting their hitters know what is coming. Stealing, stealing all, signs and relaying them to the right, hitter. to the hitter. It not, and just that they were wearing like devices that would signal them what pitch is coming. One of their players got caught uh, on camera one time with something on his thumb. It's very likely that Jose Altuve was wearing um, some kind of device on his chest that is, like is, is this proven him. like is this proven mm -hmm. beyond reasonable doubt would a jury convict <laughs> so i mean their baseball did an investigation and just suspended their general manager for a year and their manager and then um, the astros ended up firing both of them what's funny from the report is that their manager knew it was going on didn't want to do it and like kept and, but he never he never went so far as to like tell the, tell his players to stop doing it. Like he broke the monitor that they were like he smashed the monitor that they were using a couple times to steal signs. But that but he didn't like ever go out and, and tell them stop doing this. Uh, how 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 do we know all this? Like that they were uh, using these different things, whatever. Well, it, I mean, a lot of people on just like. Fans had kind of caught on to it for a while, and finally baseball did like an investigation, and some players actually came forward because 
you know, players don't stay on one team forever when yeah. <laughs> so much turnover in baseball, like these, I, it's just weird. They're so brazen. Yeah. And then like guys would leave and be like, oh yeah, you know what they do, right? I guess a few Red Sox players came forward about the Red Sox and there were players that were on the Astros but, that, but, uh, that had been previously on the Astros. But so if, if it isn't allowed and it is banned and it's essentially guaranteed that people are going to find out and talk about it, why do you still... I, I, don't, I don't get it. It's, that's what I'm saying about it, just being so, just so brazen about it because, yeah, I don't know how they thought that they would get away with it. And it's not just their hitters because in the baseball book that i read last year the it was the mvp machine trevor bauer was a big part of that book and trevor bauer had been saying for a while that the astros pitchers are definitely using some sort of stickum or something on their hands because he would analyze like all the astros players like spin rates on their fastball pitchers have been able to like improve a lot of things over the years about you know what they can do to the ball one thing that no one's really ever figured out how to do is like improve their spin rate without using some sort of foreign substance but he went back and he looked at like the astros players and players who like (laughs) before they went to the astros and then after they went to the astros almost every single one of them their spin rates jumped when they got to the astros like verlander his Verlander was kind of fading with the yeah yeah. and then he goes to the astros and his spin rate jumps, his strikeouts jump back up to where, you know, they were when he was younger. And so uh, Bauer had called them out on that for a while. Now, I don't think this was actually in the report because it was more, you know, about the sign stealing. But that's but that's another thing that. Yeah, the stick stuff happened. or whatever, like that's like that. That's, sure, that's not, not as bad as sign stealing. That's not, that's not bad, nearly like, bad. That's. That is kind of part of the culture of cheating that has been baseball with the PEDs and all that stuff and pine tar. Where, uh, like, who who's that Rockies reliever who would like pat his chest, like in? Uh, yeah. Like, and so it was like, yeah, he's got something on, it, like, right. definitely on the chest of his jersey, and it's easy to catch. But like in October, it's hard to grip the baseball when it's cold out, and like yeah. you kind of understand it a little bit. Where um, the sign stealing, well, and so- that's what Bauer had always said about the. Pint is just like it should just let everybody do it yeah because yeah. like, everyone not, do it yeah. it's not anything like sign stealing but right. yeah go ahead sign stealing like with your own eyes like that has always been a part of sports and ryan you probably know people growing up who were really good at it with like within like two or three pitches they would figure out the signs and like there are low-tech ways which I'm okay with of like, if you're just sure. standing on the bench looking in and, and they're doing signs from the dugout or whatever. Um, and then we, and what they would do is they'd be like, they'd shout out, Hey, let's go Justin. Um, if it's a fastball, they'd say, Hey, let's go. And then they'd shout out the last name. If it's a, if it's an off speed pitch, like that has been always part of baseball. This is something entirely different where they have a camera in the outfield showing the exact sign they have a monitor in the dugout, and then they've got someone with like a button relaying that to the to the guy in in who's the who's batter. at the bat. Yeah, yeah which right. is whole... if a pitcher is tipping his pitches, right, and you know people, and you pick up on you know whether it's whenever the pitcher is going to throw a, a curveball, he he digs in his glove, changes his grip, or a split right, yeah. finger, or it's something like that, to where yeah. it's just that the pitcher's giving it away. Of course, that's always been part of baseball, because, and it's the pitcher's job to deceive uh, the hitter. But you're completely taking any deception out of the game at all if you have a camera that's on the catcher and <laughs> just like uh, who, the catcher gives the pitcher the sign, and then the the players on his team on the hitter's team gives the hitter the signs. Yeah, like, that's, that's totally different. totally out of bounds. Yeah, and uh, because the whole game is based, like Ryan said, on deception. That like. Every, like fastballs are so hard to hit that you have to like key everything off the fastball, which makes the off-speed pitches effective. So when you see a, a hitter fooled by a curveball or a changeup, you know that's because like they're geared up to hit a ninety-six mile an hour fastball, and that's what makes those off-speed pitches um, effective. And Ryan, I think you were the one who said the reason Aroldis Chapman probably smiled is because he that 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 Altuve probably knew, like he realized as he's walking off the mound. This guy right. knew that a changeup was coming. He was sitting on his changeup, and maybe he didn't know at the. I mean, 
they probably did know the Astros were doing something because well, the, it's the like, rumors have been around for a while that yeah. he knew that Altuve was sitting on his changeup and whether, you know, whether he was thinking that he guessed it or just the fact that, or that he was, he was given the sign. Usually, you know, a guy who throws a hundred miles an hour and then, you know, throws 80 something mile an hour changeup. Usually changeup is effective. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really sit on a changeup. If right. it's 98. Uh, question. Right. So does, does this mean that the Astros weren't actually the best team in baseball? Uh, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> it yeah. definitely means that. To me, there's always been something about Altuve that just didn't make sense. He's, he just he wasn't he's not a patient hitter. Like he doesn't like like he swings at a lot of pitches. And that's and usually when you see that in guys who have, like have a year where they have a great year, but they swing at a bunch of pitches. It's like, okay, well, he's going to regress back to, you can't, you know, most players cannot just be that wild of a swinger and be a consistent, like great hit. Now, there are a few exceptions to that, of course. Vladimir um, Guerrero. Right, right. Exactly. exactly. And so, and that's what I just always thought, like, now Altuve, he's not, like, he's not big, you know, he's not, he's not going to be, he's not going to continue to be an MVP type player. If he's getting the pitch... He can he can continue to be a free swinger and yeah. and also be consistent when you know what's coming most of the time. Thomas, like yes, emphatically yes. Like everything that the the Astros have done for the last few years is totally fraudulent. Okay. Chris, I believe that you have some big news for the audience. Huge news. Chris <laughs> is getting another baby. That's one way of putting it. <laughs> We're getting new kitchen appliances, uh, which is actually quite an expensive thing these days. All of them from Lowe's? <laughs> Absolutely not. Where did you go? Believe it or not, I actually didn't even go to Costco. The, the, there's a, <laughs> uh, a local merchant who is pretty competitive with pricing, but um, like their customer service is just world class. Yeah, we're getting all kinds of pieces. So, And it's fancy now. So it's not just – I mean our dishwasher uh, – we, we moved into this house eight years ago. And I've hated the dishwasher every day ever since. It is probably, uh, I wish I could tell you for sure, but I, I've used my decibel meter app on my phone just out of <laughs> curiosity. And I'm pretty sure it's around 70, 75 decibels. And it doesn't actually adequately clean the dishes. Uh, like you'll put a water glass in Ooh, there. But at least it's loud. Out. At, least it, <laughs> at least it's loud. At least there's that. What was the hardest thing to pick out? Uh, none of it. Well, Not like you just knew exactly what you wanted. So you had spreadsheets of data at home and you collect, you did your research. No, we did none of that. We went in and that's the nice thing about a, a local merchant. It's not a faceless uh, corporate monstrosity like Lowe's who like, you're like, hey, like, do you have any recommendations? They'd be like, uh, I don't know. Like we, we actually did own a Bosch dishwasher in our previous house that was amazing. So, but we were asking about Bosch, uh, but currently there's a, a really good rebate deal through GE on GE profile appliances, which are quite nice. That's like their high end. Um, and so we got the whole set of GE profile, um, GE profile dishwasher, 45 decibels, fridge, double wall ovens, and the wall ovens are pretty cool. Like they have, like they, it's got Wi-Fi. I can... I can be in Cambodia in the jungles of Cambodia. You could cook something. And I can I can turn on my oven. And one of the ovens so it's got this touchscreen. One of the ovens is going to have a, an air fryer built into the oven, which I don't even like. We have been thinking about getting an air fryer, but I'll let you know how that works. What do you use that for? Like you use it for the same things so you'd use a fryer. It's just less fat. Is that exactly exactly yeah? And uh, so, like, the you can buy a little appliance in Air Fryer, and we actually had. We hadn't opened it yet, so we returned that. My understanding is you put a little bit of um, oil in, and then it kind of circulates it, and it, it kind of – you get kind of crispy foods coming out as if they were fried. I'll, I'll let you know how that works. Uh, um, but, yeah, so we've got – you know we've got the wall ovens, and then we've got the the, um, the wall ovens were the, the expensive piece. And then we've got the, the microwave, and then we've got the stovetop on another counter. It's it's going to be awesome. I imagine that the Wi-Fi for the ovens is great because like how often isn't it that you leave your house or something and you're like, did I actually turn it off? I mean, literally every morning when I leave the house, I'm like, <laughs> did I leave the oven on? Yeah. Uh. So I'll be able to check it. 
isn't, it's, isn't that yeah, gonna be great? I, I leave at like five thirty in the morning, and I'm like, oh, did I turn the oven on for no reason and leave it on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but when I went to Texas over Christmas, I was somewhere by Tucson, which is like two hours away, and I started thinking, like, did I actually did I bring everything? Did I turn everything off? And I am already two hours from Phoenix, so like. If it burns down, it burns down. That's not my problem. But it would have been nice to have some way of fixing it. If I could have Wi-Fi for anything, and um, I actually don't have Wi-Fi on my uh, thermostat, which some people do, um, but I would actually like a a Wi-Fi garage door opener. I would love to be able to check to see if my garage door is actually down. That's that's the thing that causes me, like when I'm driving down the street, I'm like, "Did did did I close that? It's just sometimes I'll like loop around and come back. Yeah, I close it. Okay. Well, in, I don't know, five years' time, everything will be in your phone. Sure, sure. Your, your front door, your microwaves, your fridges, whatever. It will all be in your phone. You can turn it on, turn it off, unlock stuff. It will be great. And then I we'll mean, be- they already have that. It's just, it's just like add-on services. Like you can, right. you can buy an electronic lock for your front door that you can unlock from anywhere. My cable company will sell you... Uh, a subscription that will tell you if your garage door is up or down. But I'm just hoping the next garage door opener that I buy will have that feature. I, I, w- I would like to lodge uh, a consumer complaint here on the podcast. I get my internet through Cox. You, you get a lot of Cox, mm-hmm. don't you? But it is insanely unreliable. There are days where the speed will uh, will drop by half, by 50%. And I have no idea why this is. Mm, that's weird. It's it's very strange, and it's brand new. The building is about two years old, so it's not because I live in a building from 1970s with shitty wiring, I hope. Uh, anyway, Cox is terrible. Don't, don't I mean, do if, Cox. If, if, if the Cox is inadequate, you should just call them and have them come out. Um, Go bigger. Just, get, just get, get, them, get those Cox inside your house. <laughs> um, I, I actually just had our cable company come over. Our, our internet... For a week, like we'd never had issues, and then for a week, it just like kept like it would stop working, and so they came out and they just did a thorough look around, and they're like components that that do age, and now you said it's a new building, um, so that's probably not yeah. it, but they, they should be able to isolate the issue. Yeah, so we don't talk politics a whole lot, but one thing I wanted to mention, so this morning, so I don't know if you saw that uh, McSally, Senator McSally from Arizona, was in the news today, yesterday, and. I listened to her speak for the first time ever, and she's a <laughs> moron. It was, I don't know, like... Was she on Laura Ingram or something yeah, like that? Yeah, Laura Ingram, Fox and Friends, I don't know. And she was on there bragging about how she called this uh, CNN reporter a cuck or something or a liberal scum. What? And she was like, I'm a, I'm a fighter pilot. I tell it like it is. I, I don't understand why she's in the Senate. Anyway, she's dumb. I, I saw that there was a clip of her on there, but I didn't actually listen to it. Uh, that's uh... yeah, I don't know because she's a fighter pilot. She's incapable of telling a lie or playing politics. Is that <laughs> is that the argument? Right. Everybody knows that. There's never been a fighter pilot that's cheated on its wife on her on you know his wife or anything like that. They are the most honest people in the world. That's what everybody knows from Top Gun. John McCain was a maverick, and that's the name of Tom Cruise's character, <laughs> Top Gun. So there's got to be a connection there. Moving on, we have other big news. We are a very current events podcast today. So the big news, if you follow Stephen Flip on Twitter, you will know that there is a new National Treasure movie coming out, and he is very excited. Sony also announced that they are going to start production of Bad Boys 4. Or is is this? Wait, they're starting production. Isn't it out? Or is Bad Boys Bad Boys out? Three is out. Uh, I don't think there's Bad Boys. Someone made a joke about Bad Boys Four on the Mega Thread. There's no Bad Boys Four production. Bad Boys Four is Bad Boys Three making money. Let's see. Well, I don't know. No, that's what it says. Bad Boys Four. Well, while Uh, we're doing this, can can I just um, I I love character names in movies, and maybe someone can issue a correction, but like uh, five million dollars. The fact that Tom Cruise is called Maverick in the movie and is a Maverick, is that a nickname or is that his actual given? Is that his Christian name, Maverick? Pete Mitchell is his name. So they call him Maverick because he's a Maverick. He plays by his own rules. Well, so anyway, um, it's do, and, do you know, and you get assigned that call sign, like you know, <laughs> right when you join. So they knew right away. 
<laughs> this guy's a maverick. <laughs> this guy's a maverick. He plays by his own rules. Do, do you guys know what Luke uh, Skywalker's name initially was uh, in pre-production? Was it Star Killer? It was not. Uh, was it? Would you say uh, Ryan? Star Killer. Star Killer. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's terrible. I'm... That's the name of the guy who's going to kill the Death Star. <laughs> He's going to kill Luke Star Killer. Kills the Death Star. So it was supposed to be his name, not a not a nickname he get afterwards. I was literally gonna be supposed to be his last his, name. His dad was Anakin Starkiller, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think it was a, it was just a placeholder. You know how we think that Unobtainium may have been a placeholder in in uh, Avatar that they're like, oh, we'll come up with something better later, and it's like, <laughs> here here's this mineral that's really really hard to get. What should we call it? Well. We'll just put it in un- unobtainium for now. It's, it cannot be obtained. We'll just put that in, and we'll remember to change it at the end. So, um, so I've binged it. Bad Boys, 4, Bad Boys 4 is in the works with Chris Bremner penning the script. Wow. Bad Boys for Life is going to have a $67 million opening, it looks like. That's insane. Is that good? What's, what's the budget? $90 million. I mean, it's pro- so if it opens to $67 million, it's probably going to make, you know, 200 million domestic, maybe. Yeah, and this this is the kind of movie that would probably make double worldwide, right? Like double what it does domestic. I see, I don't I have no idea. I don't know because isn't there a thing like where like international audiences are kind of racist and so you know, movies that like yeah, have a but, mostly but black I, cast I, don't do as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like that's if like that's what they were talking about with like the Bond movies and who they were going to pick for the next Bond and things like that. But I feel like with with bad action movies and bad action comedies, I feel like they do really well worldwide. Like in Europe, okay. people will go see them. But but does like okay? But does does Martin Lawrence and does his comedy translate to other languages? Thomas, tell us. Does this? Does his does, does Martin Lawrence translate to Swedish? I, I don't know. I I don't find him funny. <laughs> then I guess it doesn't, because like he's great. Are you kidding me? Martin Lawrence is awesome. Who doesn't like Martin Lawrence? The original Bad Boys made sixty-five million domestic and seventy-five million worldwide. When so, in the nineteen sixties? Like when did that come? Yeah, up? but I'm saying that you're right. It you know it did more internationally than it did domestic. You're right. Yeah, I think it will make you know if it makes 200 million dollars domestic it's probably going to make 450 million dollars worldwide like total my, my point here is that i am a little surprised that these are like relatively big announcements from sony like do they not have anything else that they would like to no, put out they there? don't i mean no that's pretty much it like uh until the next spider-man movie yeah so on uh, on on today's glop jpod briefly talked about the Oscars nominations and how he thinks that it has been a great year for film, apparently, and he would be happy if any of the nominees ended up winning Best Picture this year. Do do you guys think that it's been a good year? Because I feel like I remember JVL saying that it's been a bad year. No, I think it's been a pretty good year. I mean, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Uncut Gems I really liked. Uh, Apparently 1917 is good. I refuse to believe that it's better than Dunkirk just because they did it in one shot or whatever. But, yeah, and and uh, Ford versus Ferrari was. Cons- I, I sure. So there's a yeah. that I haven't seen that yet. I that want are to. claimed that I haven't seen. So um, uh, Knives Out and um, Ford versus yeah, Ferrari. Like it seems like out. late. It seems like late in the year there were a lot of movies that audiences and critics really responded to. So like I would say, yeah, it's 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 a good year f- for film. Do you have any personal favorites from the year? If you guys were to pick a best picture, like which is your favorite? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, uh, definitely. That's that's definitely my favorite. There's a, a few others, I think. Maybe not a few others, but but Richard Jewell. Like, um, I, I would guess I would like because um, I like the actor that plays Richard Jewell. I would bet I would like uh, his performance. But um, so so uh, that that's one that we left out. And Jojo Rabbit is really mixed. But I mean, it does seem like it's a pretty good year. I mean, I think both both Leo and Brad Pitt were. Great. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Margot Robbie. I think uh, Daniel Craig was was really good in Knives Out. I, I think all of those are really good performances. 
Why, why, um, do you, why do you think that? Because there there are people out there who were disappointed with Knives Out, and you know, I think a little bit of it has been politicized. I mean, in the movie is kind of political. The subtext of it is too conservative. Yeah, yes, it's too conservative. That's what it is. Uh, so uh, it, it's a rich family, and they, uh, the, you know, the 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 grandfather dies. Who's uh, you know. The family is all wanting to get his inheritance, and you know the family's kind of terrible. And uh, the maid, they they try to blame his death on the maid, who's an immigrant, and they kind of threaten to get her mother deported. Uh, the son is uh, one of the teenage son makes like uh, he has a social media account where he makes like alt right memes. I guess it's more political than, <laughs> than I thought. I, I don't know. I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, I liked it, but I, I can see why other people would. Oh yeah, you know, I, I, I'm basically probably anybody who's a Trump supporter probably hated it. Question um, again, not to get too political, but uh, what what podcast was I listening to um, that just talked about um, Star Wars fandom and just how split it is and how. Um, that has become kind of political, like down kind of like the, the start. The people wonder if Star Wars is even salvageable because I think that was the sub beacon. Was it the sub beacon? Yeah, yeah. Like people are kind of dug, people are kind of dug in. Uh, you know, one side thinks Last Jedi is great, the other side thinks it's terrible, and it's kind of along political lines. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just kind of interesting. Uh, the way that. Disney goes about savaging this, right? It's the same recipe as it is would otherwise be. The new trilogy is a mess because there wasn't a coherent story that they wanted to sure. tell. And so they should do something new, preferably unrelated to the Skywalker family, unrelated to the Empire. They should just try to tell new stories and people are going to be fine with it. So I guess I, the only reason I raise that is is to just be to just raise a more universal question about movies is that is this our future is a polar is there is the future of the film going experience going to be this polarized thing where like we have these tribes where even even though it's the alt right that might that maybe should hate it um, maybe the entire right will say well I don't like that because it makes fun of these fringy people that are on my team. Like is that is that the future of of movie going? Uh, I mean, it kind of seems like yeah, it's it seems to be going that way. I mean, it happened with Joker, which yeah, you know yeah. shouldn't have been politicized as much as it was. Are there any big movies that weren't? I mean, <laughs> Endgame, I guess, was one that was universally Maybe, yeah, but like Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman, yeah. Black Panther, yeah. labeled as like really good social justice movies, and then like the alt right is like, well, these are well, too diverse. Like we right. don't like it, these. Yeah. And then Republicans turn out to see, you know, um, American Sniper and like, uh, you know, Clint Eastwood movies. <laughs> right. They didn't turn out to see Richard Jewell, that's for sure. Uh, we we all love Sonny. Uh, I think that all of us are supportive of his rebeler effort and whatever. But that is going to have a fairly one-sided following when it comes to politics. Surely nine in ten of their supporters or fans are going to be conservatives. Yeah. Probably. Well, the whole idea of like rebeller cinema, like in the ah, oh, it's a rebel film. Like, is they're, like they're all kind of films that that probably social justice advocates are uncomfortable with. Yeah, at the very say. least, just yeah. uncomfortable with them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You, this kind of would make them rebellious, I think. I, I don't know. You you guys make this sound all too depressing. I choose to believe that there are... Pro, that there are... We can all unite around National Treasure 3 to bring this... <laughs> Full circle. No, well, I mean, I, I don't no, think... Well, all right, shut up, Ryan. Well, so, d- there are, there's going to be room in the future for movies that are overtly political or have, like, some sort of message that they want to get across. At the same time as there will be movies as, I don't know, Jumanji, The Next Level. Is that political? Well, no, not really. Avengers Endgame, also fine. These movies are going to exist and people are going to be able to enjoy them. It's just the fact that you are today able to target a specific demographic. You don't even need a wide release in cinema. It is much cheaper to make these things, relatively speaking. And so it's easier to make niche political content. Okay, so Sonny, I think in one of his Washington Post columns, maybe six weeks ago, had a great article on, maybe it wasn't even that long ago, because I think it was about Little Women and like kind of the demand for men to see it. He's like, you know what? Like men don't need to see it. That's actually a good thing that like it doesn't need to be kind of a... um, 
a, have a broad appeal that we are able to ha- live in an era where um, like crazy rich Asians is marketed towards an Asian audience and does commercially really well. Tyler Perry has a really good commercial record. Um, and these are not kind of broad appeal movies. Um, and so it's okay that little women was made mostly for a female audience. That's okay. And that's like, we shouldn't like, we shouldn't as men feel bad about like not watching it. Like it's not made for us. Like Thomas and I sat before um, frozen <laughs> two and watched a preview for, for little women. And we just looked at each other and we're like, <laughs> Just kind of shook our heads. You're and, like, and oh, I can't wait to download that illegally. Yeah, it is. It was not marketed to us, and that's also perfectly fine. You don't need to force sure. everyone to go see every single freaking movie. And and as Sonny said recently, somewhere was this with on the JVL show, where he talked about um, kind of the distribution model for whatever Rebeller's parent company is. What's it called? Cinestate. Cinestate, and just like if they distribute their movies better like they're gonna be smaller releases which is which is a good thing because we don't want every movie to every we don't with a wide release comes big marketing costs and like we want actually more smaller movies than like more bigger movies you know we don't want movies that make 50 to 75 million dollars to be financial failures like those those should be able to make money no or i mean think about a movie like dragged across concrete not a not a massive release i watched it i really enjoyed it but at the same time i realized that most people aren't gonna enjoy it and probably shouldn't waste money on seeing it and then a smaller release grassroots marketing is probably the best way to get that from studio to consumer yeah yeah uh, and can I can I just add that the next person I I meet who says that I should go see Little Women I am punching in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, t- t- uh, I don't know about Ryan, but uh, Thomas and I are like if you put Timothy Chalamet in a movie, we're p- almost certainly not going to watch it. I don't understand. Like I haven't even seen a trailer for Little Women, so I had no idea. But I I, I don't understand why you guys hate him so much. I'm going to say to you what your first three girlfriends would say routinely. If you don't understand why we don't like it, then I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I'm not talking about Little like Women. It. I'm talking about you two like just having this intense reaction to anything Timothy Chalamet is. Because he sucks! One of my goals in <laughs> life is to never Jeez. see him on screen ever again. He sucks! Okay, well, have fun never watching Interstellar again for the rest of your life. That's okay. He's like eight and doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, he's not. He's eight. He's driving his dad's truck at eight. (laughs) So the version I have actually has Casey Affleck's face CGI'd over Chalamet's. It's called the Kevin Spacey treatment. It's um, it's it's he's replaced an entire movie. Yeah. Uh, On a scale from zero to ten, how excited are you guys about the new National Treasure? (laughs) Uh, One. I mean, maybe if I. If maybe if I watch the first two for the <laughs> first time. Oh, then... you've not seen them even? Okay. No, I've not seen any of them. I saw I saw the first one. Okay. I I, I think I would say that I'm a four. But, uh, yeah, Stephen probably had an erection earlier today when he saw the news. Uh, okay, uh, Chris, I believe that you have a story that you wanted to share with our audience. I do. I do. Um, I don't know if I shared on the podcast, but uh, a big struggle for me is finding time to watch movies. And one one of the times I've found to sneak in, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 minutes of, of uh, watching a movie is at the gym when I'm on the treadmill. You get up, set up there just, just as movies were meant to be consumed on a phone, on a treadmill with ambient noise. Of thump 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 and just stuff in the background. That, that, so that is how I saw the Irishman. The Irishman, yeah, that's how Scorsese want Scorsese wanted you to watch it. Uh, it's a real cinematic experience. You know, Marvel's not cinema, but Scorsese is, and so you should watch it on a treadmill at the gym. I've only had a few instances where it's been an issue because I'll be watching a perfectly normal movie, uh, and do you guys remember what Shannon's complaint about the nice guys was? Too much nudity. Yeah, like why is why is no one wearing clothes in this movie? So so there was one movie so a few months ago that had a nude scene, and I just had to stop it and switch because like I'm on a treadmill at a public gym, like like I don't want it. 
to be like turned in for being a perv. Yeah, that's the reason. It's not that you wanted it on a bigger screen at home when you could be comfortably seated on the couch. What, what was right. it? What was it, it? It's the first thing, not your thing. Um, I don't remember what the first one was, but um, Sonny recommended uh, a movie on Amazon Prime oh, called Under the... Under the Silver Lake. And so I started this movie at the gym and like three <laughs> minutes into the movie, like Andrew Garfield has binoculars and he's snooping on a neighbor who's like a nudist and is out on her deck watering her plants. And like this scene just keeps going on and on and on. And I'm lucky that I stopped it because the next scene, when I pulled it up at another point, like there's like boobs again, like five minutes later. <laughs> Um, and so like, just super awkward. Well, okay. Fast forward one week, I'm on a different treadmill and this one has like this giant screen that you can either have television on or generally like if I'm actually watching back in the day when I would listen to podcasts, you can set that to look like a track so you can kind of see where you are in each lap. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But I didn't realize you could actually have television on there. Well, so I'm setting up my thing above, and I'm watching my show, and I look down, and I realize there's some infomercial going on the big screen <laughs> right in front of me that's something related to boobs. There's just boobs, <laughs> boobs, boobs everywhere. It's like there's this, like, set of twins, and it's showing their <laughs> naked boobs, like, itty-bitty oh black gosh. spots covering their nipples, and I don't even, like, I realize this has been rolling for, like, ten minutes. Like, just, like, and, and like, I, I kind of, like, ignore it, and I'm like, oh, maybe, like, they're done showing boobs. Nope, like, <laughs> boobs, like, all, like, so many boobs. I, and then, like, they would flash back to the, to the girls, like, talking about their boobs, and then they'd go back to, like, a full screen, like, looking at their boobs. I don't know if it's some sort of restoration of, of, uh, uh breast reduction, but, like, there was, like, when I wasn't realizing like 10 minutes of boobs and like inadvertently, even though I, I had like tried to keep, keep it clean on my phone, like somehow on this giant screen right in front of me, there was like pervy boob infomercial. Uh, and like that just cracked me up. thought it'd be a good thing to share. I, 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 I like the image. So I've been to your gym. I know that there are most, mostly like elderly men and ladies in that gym. Uh, I just liked it at one of these, Old ladies is next to you, and every time they walk by, all they see is like you're watching boobs. It's like <laughs> so <right>. much boobs. <laughs> if if you get banned from the gym, you know why? It's because yeah, no you clogged their toilet. That's if I get banned, that's why. Uh, and you also you said that this is like the worst movie of the year or something like that under the Silver Lake. I, I didn't say that, did I? Did, did maybe I did say that. Um. <laughs> I, I am not enjoying it. Like, it is, like, I, I quit. Like, it's, it was painful. I did not enjoy any of the quote-unquote black comedy of it. So I, I'm curious to hear a, a good case for it. Ryan, have you seen I'm it? Not, <clears throat> I haven't seen it. I've heard Sonny talk about it, or maybe he's mostly tweeted about it, like, multiple times. Yeah. About how great it is. It, it's, it's on its, like, top ten of the year, I think. Yeah, uh, but no, I haven't, I haven't watched it. Because who's, isn't, like, the, um... Elizabeth, what's her name from Handmaid's Tale and from awesome. Mad Men? Is, yeah, isn't she in that? I don't think. I don't Maybe think. I'm thinking of something else. Then um, I may not even have seen the trailer. I, for some reason, I thought that she was in it. Her face isn't in it, <laughs> or other parts of her body in it. Potentially, I, I don't know. I don't know. But Chris, something that you and I did watch recently that I think both of us enjoyed is a Marriage Story. Uh, Ryan, you haven't seen this yet, have you? No, I I heard that it's good though. Did did, um, it, did it get a best picture nomination or was it left out of that? No, it did. We should probably pull up the nominations. It did get a best picture nomination, but I'm like the I I want to see it like I've heard that it's like maybe kind of hard to watch or not like I don't th I don't think it's hard to watch. I, I I no, it's not hard to watch. It is depressing paints the dark picture of how a marriage ends like it's not uplifting in any sense of the word but i wouldn't say that it's hard to watch it is hard to watch so some people have this weird idea of movies that you need to find characters in movies that you like and that you can root for in order to be able to watch them 
I don't share that opinion. Like, there is not a single person in a marriage story that I am rooting for that I think is a good person. Doesn't matter. It's still a great movie. Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson, Ray Liotta, yeah. others. Amazing performances. It is, it is very much a movie made by Hollywood for Hollywood. I mean, I think Adam Driver is like an incredible actor so i have no doubt and scarlett johansson too uh, obviously so i'm sure that the performances are great i i plan on watching it i just haven't gotten around to it well so i mean i'd heard so many people just praise it um you know watching that first uh the, the clips that circulated of them fighting and and Kylo Ren punching the wall, like that, that that wasn't all that appealing to me. But like, there's just so much buzz about it that I was like, I I should really watch this. Um, Thomas, I I wouldn't say I really liked it. Um, I, I it, it's a it's a movie made by a very gifted filmmaker with really good performances, but uh. I can't. I would definitely not say I liked it. I'm interested in hearing your like you and many others are like, oh, it's a really good movie. I'd, you wouldn't have nominated I, for best picture. Um, no, no. But I, I mean, looking at the list of nominees, like I, <laughs> I mean, I've only seen that and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, so I, I mean, I can't really argue that much against it. I, I'm not that interested in seeing many others besides 1917 and Ford vs Ferrari and, and Jojo Rabbit. So you're interested in seeing almost all of them. That's true. I, I, I want to see the same ones that you said. And I haven't even seen a marriage story. Was Parasite? I, so I guess what I'm saying I guess what I'm saying is I'm not interested in seeing Joker. I am not interested yeah, in seeing I the Irishman. Uh, I don't know what Parasite is. I'm not seeing little women. That's what I'm saying. So it's a lot of reading in Parasite. Don't okay. don't tell me you're one of these anti subtitles people. No. Not not always, no, but I can't watch something else and Parasite if I have to read. No, so so I so my personal you can't watch you can't watch the boobs on the treadmill and watch Parasite and read. I think that for for best picture, my my choice is definitely Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, but the more I think about it, I would probably have Four V Ferrari as my runner up. Uh, it is really enjoyable. I think that Christian Bale's performance in that movie, where he does something that you don't really see Christian Bale do a whole lot, like he is goofier, he, you never know quite what to expect from him, different scenes. He does a great job. So that movie is really enjoyable. It isn't a deep movie. It doesn't tell, you know, I, like, it, it doesn't have a political message. It is a, a body movie. It is just a joy to watch when you see it. And I think that both of you should. Okay. Yeah, I, I do really want to see it. I, I, did, I do. Um, but I'm, I, I want to talk more about Marriage Story, Thomas. I, kind of give me your case for like why it's a great movie. I think I've said that it is good, borderline great. I think it paints a very realistic picture of how a marriage disintegrates. And I think that okay. this is probably what happens more often than not. Uh, so there were a few, like, so Ryan mentioned, like, uh, things that are, like, hard to watch. There were a few parts in it where I personally found it a little bit hard mm. to watch because it hit a little too close to home. Also interesting because the characters were so easy to hate. So Laura Dern, <laughs> her performance in this movie and the character that she plays might be the one from 2019 that I want to punch in the face the most. Like, she is so evil and manipulative. Tell me more about how you want to punch women. <laughs> <laughs> Only little women. <laughs> no, no, but, but yeah, she, she, is, she is basically the devil, like, holding out a, a piece of fruit. Well, that's not what actually happened in the garden. But, like, saying, like, you know, like, just take this thing that's bad that I'm saying is good and, and like, you're going to like it. And um, it was interesting, like, very near the end – spoilers okay spoilers pause the show watch the movie come back okay um, i'm gonna put my hands over my ears and scream you do that um <laughs> she's like i got you 55 percent custody when he's in la and and scar joe's like i didn't want that like i i, I only i wanted to split it like i like at that point like she had kind of healed a little bit and um but but laura dern's just like but I got it for you. Like, I want you to know that you won, like that, that he, that like, I don't want him to say that he got half custody. Like I got you the extra 5% just to like, 
one last like stick it to him. Like it was be pure evil. Because like Scarjo's like, I don't even want this. Like, like I didn't. Don't do this for me. And she's just like, yeah, like yeah. And so like she's so manipulative and awful. Um, Ray Liotta uh, was very funny. Like he he was the most like enjoyable. Like he's a bad person too, but he was just like like make cracking jokes about being a bad person where Laura Dern was like sneaky, manipulative. Like I'm going to be act all sweet, but like deep down I'm bad. What, what, um, do you think Alan Alda was the least bad person in the show or? <laughs> okay. So Ray Liotta and Alan Alda were the best characters and just like, yeah, Alan Alda was just a sweet, sweet. Yeah. There's so many good actors. I mean, cast in that. Yeah. I mean, it was just phenomenal cast and phenomenal performances but the, i mean the problem is like what's what's it's not a problem i guess what's really interesting is that it's like the most like i'm seeing all this like mainstream praise of it and it's like the most socially conservative movie i've ever seen like it is like it, yeah. it, it cannot broadcast any louder and clearer that divorce is really bad yeah and, and uh, yeah so so what the movie does really good and what i think is sort of realistic which i think happens in a lot of cases is that it is the process of going through a divorce that actually makes it worse so even if at the beginning of yeah, this process yeah. the different parties to to the divorce might have the best intentions when they set out just the fact mm-hmm. that you have to go through it makes you an even more selfish and bad person. And so I like that aspect yes. of it. And then you also have the sense for, a, I don't know, like a good half of the movie that if they actually tried, they could yeah. work this out. Even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it's interesting in that scene that is kind of famous um, that you saw circulating on Twitter of him punching the wall. Like in that scene, like – Basically, all the reasons for wanting to get divorced are all super selfish. And, like, it kind of comes to a head there where he's like, I gave up my 20s for you. Like, I could have slept with all these chicks, but I didn't. Yeah, and, I, like, I, I, no, I, no, I, sorry. I'm, so, like, I'm like, shouting at the team. I'm like, that's what marriage is. No, and this is, this, this is. All other, like, that's what you signed up for. This is why Laura, Laura Dern is so terrible, too, because ScarJo hadn't thought of her moving to New York City to start a family to perform with her husband and do all these things as being like for him and not for her previously right. until she sits in her office and she tells her these things and she's like, oh, yeah, he's a jackass. And it's like, no, yeah, you like, sacrifice everything for him. It's like, well, no, like they got married and, and like. You know, plans change. He's a director. You starred in his in his plays, and like life was pretty good. No, and then he went and slept with another woman. That didn't seem to be the main thing during the proceeding. The, the movie tries to be kind of fair that like it's really neither because like what we find out is like he had been sleeping on the couch for like a year, and like things were already bad when he did that. So not 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 excusing that, but like it wasn't like that was the only precipitating event. Like things were bad. I really like the marriage story. I think it deserves its Oscar nomination. Still not the best movie of the year. I can see Adam Driver or ScarJo winning for it. Mm-hmm. Me too. I agree. Did you actually watch it while we paused, Ryan? Yep. <laughs> I just finished it. I watched it on uh, 24 times speed, and it looked great. Uh, do we have any concluding thoughts for this episode? Oh, I was looking back at the more of the 2019 movies and there were just like toy story four was this year which was really good book smart in game yeah i actually put i i actually put together a top five or top ten i can't find it um but the the one movie that i really liked from this year that that no one's talking about and i don't it's not oscar material but i really like cold pursuit thomas you yeah yeah Yeah. gosh that's that was this year i i loved it i thought it was really great too it was it was it was so much fun. It was great. Yeah, everyone should watch it. It's like it. Thomas, Thomas didn't like it. It's like a two star movie. I don't know. I, it didn't quite work for me. You're a two star host. Like the movie was directed so well. Like the cast was great. I I loved it. I sorry, went, I'm I, sorry. It's not <laughs> Terminator. Darth Fate. <laughs> I think I I think I went into it not quite knowing what to expect. Like I didn't realize that it was actually going to be that absurd. Uh, it had you, you just you just want you just think we should all like the the Norwegian version. Oh, yeah. that's that's a six you star. want it to be Midsommar. 
No, like it's it's I, like literally like a, almost a shot for shot remake of of like a Norwegian language film. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. But uh, which I I started watching because I like Cold Pursuit so much. I started watching the other one, which was on Netflix when I watched it. And it is, but it was, it was too similar. I'm like, I gotta have some space between these before I watch this other one. Well, like otherwise I'll just compare the two because they're so similar. The one of the most interesting things about the movie is that it has the same director as the Norwegian version. Right. Uh, and the Norwegian version, uh, Kraft Idioten, uh, actually has uh, a Swede in the lead. Oh, okay. It's, of course, much better. That's uh, it. That's, that's all for us. Uh, we're done. Keep- Thomas, I thought you wanted to talk about the two popes. You really liked it, I heard. We're done. Good night and good luck. All those days watching from the windows. All those years outside the Never even knowing just how blind I've been Now I'm here, blinking in the starlight Now I'm here, suddenly I see Standing here, it's all so clear I'm where I'm meant to be Last weekend, no, like a week and a half ago, uh, I went to hike Camelback together with a, uh, a female friend. Uh, and so we went out in the morning. We ha- so Camelback is almost, not almost, it is, ri- it is right next to the city of Phoenix. It is the most pop- popular trail that you can find in town. Like everyone does it, all the tourists do it and whatever. And so we hike up all the way to the top and then we start to go down. About halfway down Camelback, I realized that I have lost my phone. And as both of you know, my phone uh, is in this case where I also have all my credit cards and everything. And so we're halfway down and I realized, I, like, I feel my pocket and I'm like, fuck, what fuck, where is it? Uh, and so I'm like, okay, uh, you wait here. I'm going to like run to the top. And it is like cl- quite the climb, the last third uh, of Camelback. And so I do that in record speed. I've never done it that fast. I keep looking for the phone. I can't see it anywhere. And I get to the top and then I go down again, like to get down to where she is. And I just can't find it. What am I supposed to do? Which is when I realized that uh, phones these days, you can locate them. If you have an iPhone or a Samsung or whatever, you can find it. And so uh, I get grab her phone, I open the browser, I go to Google, I try to trace it, and I see that, oh, it is still somewhere on or near the mountain. <coughs> but I can't find it. Like, maybe it rolled down, or it's in a bush, or whatever. I leave a message on the phone with, lost on Camelback, call if found, and I put her number in. And five minutes later, someone calls, and it's like, oh, hey, I found this phone, and handed it into a ranger. <laughs> Uh, it restored my faith in humanity. There are good people out there. Everyone's not bad. Wow. So they returned your phone, but your bank account was emptied. No, everything you was know, where it should be. Everything was great. I was just thinking, if you could get a phone case that you could also put your car keys in, <laughs> and you could like lose everything in one shot and really be screwed. 